You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up? What is up? You're listening to Locked On NBA Draft. This is your host, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies, and I have a special, special, special guest today. Like, really special. But before I get into the show and talk about my special guest, this show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. And tell them locked on sent you. All right, and now my special guest. And the reason I say she's my special, special guest is because it is my fiance. We've been engaged for two weeks as of Saturday. And she, you're probably wondering, like, why is your fiance on me? Does she talk NBA draft like that? And the answer is no, she doesn't. (laughs) But I've been getting a lot of questions and my DMs on my YouTube channel, even on my NBA Draft Junkies Facebook page and, and those messages. So people have been asking me questions. So what I decided to do was be a little creative. You know, this is like the dead period during the whole NBA Draft space. And I decided like, you know what? Let me somehow get her involved since she is going to, I mean be involved in in my life long term and and you know I eat sleep and breathe basketball. So what she's going to do today is I'm allowing her to read some of the questions that I've been getting in my different inboxes whether it's Twitter, whether it's YouTube or Facebook. And Shay, yes. How are you today? I am doing great. Well, thank you for, well, you know what? I mean, I kind of, this is how it went. So I called her up, said, (laughs) hey, can you do me a favor? And she was like, yes. I was like, I need you to come on the podcast today. I need you to read these questions out. So that way I'm not reading them to myself. And that kind of puts me on the spot because I'm going to have to answer them off the top of my head without a lot of research. But before we get into that, Shay, I want to ask you a question first before you start asking me questions. Okay. First of all, how are you today? I'm doing wonderful. I'm happy to make my podcast and name you on the Locked On Network. Hot spot. You're in the hot seat. <laughs> and how does it feel to be engaged to an NBA draft junkie? <laughs> You know, I am in this world now. In I'm, it, yeah. I'm, I, yeah. Still got a little time uh, to back out. <laughs> I'm deep in it, and so I'm learning a lot. Um, we talk about the draft and prospects and everything basketball-related a lot. So um, I'm learning a lot. All right. Well, I'm glad you're learning a lot. I'm glad that you are wanting to take this journey with me yeah i enjoy it it's a it's a a profession where someone told me a couple days ago like you can't be in a relationship where someone's working against you in this field because it's so unpredictable it's so crazy so thank you for 
you haven't even really seen it yet, <laughs> yet, yet. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I guess you just had a little, a little taste of it. But um, I mean, I guess on the outside looking in, it can be crazy compared to just the structure of a regular like nine to five. So. Yeah, in just the world of basketball, period. I thought I was a fan. I thought I liked it, but now I realized I knew nothing. And so <laughs> I'm learning and I, and I do like it. All right. Well, we're going to get started. And now she's going to fire off these questions. All right. I'm ready. Go ahead. I'm ready. Okay. I just want to put out there, forgive me in advance for mispronunciation of anyone's name. Uh, do not take it personal if I mispronounce your name. Well, a lot of, I mean, I guess I, and you heard it during the draft show. I think they labeled me like the international guru. Yeah. So. And you, you pronounce all the names perfectly. N- no, I don't. I, I don't. It's tough because, I mean, if I mispronounce a name, on the names? I, I do butcher some of the names. If I mispronounce oh. it, then I apologize in advance. But sometimes oh, you just okay. have to sound confident in how you said it, even yeah. if it's wrong. So. <laughs> Uh, but it's it's common. I mean, some names seem like they don't even have vowels in in the in the last name, so you just yeah. got to guess. So, okay. So if you if you mispronounce the name, it's it's probably understandable. Okay, forgive me. Okay, first question from the mailbag. This question is about Osman Niang. Usman. Usman Niang. Yeah. Right. Yep. Okay. Here's the question. I just started watching your videos recently, Raphael, but I was a little confused about how you mentioned his pull-up and outside shooting in general as a strength, but also mentioned it as a weakness or improvement area since he's inefficient. The way I understood it is that he has a good stroke and his form is smooth, but he's inefficient because he takes bad shots. Yeah, so that's a good question. And I've... it's probably a question that a few people have wondered. Like, if you watch my YouTube videos, I start off the first few areas of, of areas that I think are strengths or an area that I think that they can be effective as an NBA player. And then towards the end of the video, I put down different areas for improvement. And so for Dang, I put one of his strengths is his pull-up. And because he's like 6'9", and he has a a good handle. He has the ability to pull up and shoot over the top with smaller defenders. He's been compared to Paul George. And he has a really high upside and promise as a shot creator. So I think that is a, a strength that would translate to the NBA. And also he has a pretty good shot. I mean, he has a nice stroke, as was, was mentioned in the in the question. And no, he's not efficient. He hasn't shown to be efficient in the games that he's played. But I think... At 18, he's shown flashes that he is capable of doing it. And, you know, at this point, he just needs to continue to work on his skills, continue to become a more consistent shooter. But the upside is is definitely there. So it's more so of projecting the role that I see him play in the NBA. And best case scenario, he'll be this 6'9", oversized wing initiator, secondary creator ball handler that can get his own shot because he has the offensive creativity and the skills to be able to get to a sweet spots and pull up over the top of defenders okay 
You ready for the next question? I'm ready for the next question. Okay. Juan Nunez has dynamic and flashy passing, up and under finishes in the paint, and can't really shoot. Is he Rajon Rondo? I like Rondo. You do? Why, why do you like Rondo? Were you one of these people that was a Celtics fan back in like You 08? know what? I never, I can't say I was a Celtics fan, um, but I always root for the underdog. And so when they went to the finals and I really wanted them to win. I wanted KG to get a ring. and I was going for them, too. Yeah, so I didn't even so, know you at the time, but yeah, I'm glad because no. I don't like the Lakers. I just rooted for them because, you know, I just felt like it was their time. So. Okay. All right. Juan Nunez. Um, I never thought about the Rondo comparison. I, I guess maybe I was making lazy comparisons because I was comparing him to other Spanish guards like Sergio Rodriguez, Sergio Yule, Ricky Rubio. But uh, I like the cross-racial comparison. I know that's something that um, Daryl Morey had a lot of his scouts do with the Rockets where you couldn't make lazy comparisons and compare a white player to a white player. You had to compare them to different um, ethnicities. So, yeah, I mean, I think as far as, like, the Rondo comparisons with Nunez, are they're, they're guys that their impact definitely can't be all valued based off of their stats they're not great shooters but they have like these intangibles that contribute to winning Nunez has had a a, a decorated career so far I mean he's still pretty young I think he's still like two years away from being draft eligible but he's a very creative passer like Rondo he's a solid defender and he is more I guess he's a better mid-range shooter than three-point shooter. I know at one point Rondo was, like, leading the league in, like, efficiency at the elbows. But the knock, coming on, the knock on Rondo early in his career was that he couldn't shoot. But he just found ways to make up for his lack of shooting. So it's a comparison that I never thought of, but I, I actually like it. All right, when we return... I'll answer more questions that are on this particular mailbag. Shout out to Shay. She's been a, a, a team player here. Stay tuned. All right. I would like to talk to you about sweat block. Now, I, I'll tell you my reasons why I like sweat block, but it is doctor created. It is doctor recommended. It works for up to seven days per use. Guarantees you a dry shirt. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you can get your money back. It's featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by Firefighters. It's the bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years. has over 13,000 reviews, and it is also manufactured in the USA. Sweat block is, I mean, it basically keeps you dry. I was in Vegas, and you know how hot Vegas is. Vegas is ridiculously hot in July. And with sweat block, it's something that you have to have in your toiletry bag whether it's you're going on a hot date or you're going into a hot city like Vegas, where I live in Dallas, where it's super hot in the summertime. Here's a few things that I want you to know about sweat block. It is stronger and it's more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply just apply it at night before bedtime. You go to bed and the next morning you wake up, you wash and you go about your day without having to worry about being sweaty. Guaranteed. It keeps you dry. I know it sounds too good to be true, but you literally only have to use sweat blocks once or twice a week, 
and it would keep you dry the whole time. No more pitting out. No more picking my shirts based off which one will hide the sweat better. I know, like, I have a tendency to wear black in the summertime because I don't want to wear gray because, you know, you get a bunch of pit stains when you wear gray. Or, or you, you look, you know, you, your armpits look wet. So, yeah, I can wear gray shirts in the summertime. So, if there's someone that you love that is dealing with this, check out Sweatblock. You can get 20% off at sweatblock.com. Use the promo code Locked On, or you can find it on Amazon at or at CVS. General managers ask questions to find the right players, like, do they have ice in their veins? And when you're hiring, you can use Indeed assessments to help you make sure you find the right candidates with the skills you need. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract interview and hire in fact with indeed you can do all of your hiring in one place even interviewing don't just hope that you can find the perfect candidate or hope that the perfect candidate will find you Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter in fact indeed instant match provides a list of quality candidates whose resume are on indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. With Indeed Assessments, choose from 135 skills tests to help make sure that you find applicants or applications from people with the skills you need. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than other job sites combined. Join more than three million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent and hire great talent fast. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job posts at indeed.com slash locked. Get $75 credit, a $75 credit at indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer is valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. All right. We are back. And um, yeah, Shay. What is the next question that you have for me? Okay, let's keep it going. Hold on. Please talk in your regular voice. <laughs> this, it sounds like you got this. This is my podcast voice. Okay. We got to work on this. Talking. <laughs> I'm not used to this. Not saying that she's like yelling at me, but. I'm yelling at you now? No, I'm just saying like you sound like it is the midnight hour on the, on <laughs> the radio station. You're not a. Don't get too good at this and then start taking over my <laughs> listeners. And they want to listen to your podcast voice. Okay. <laughs> this is my, you know, professionals switching up. Well, I use my, I got one voice. Newscasters, podcasters, you know, they have a... Um, a and see, I have one voice because I'm on set voice because I keep it real 100% oh of the time. We're going to keep it moving. Raphael, have you made a big board for the 2022 NBA draft? Do you know what a big board is? Um, I'm going to guess and say that it's like um, a board where you project who the prospects are, are where they're going to go in the draft and what round and all that close it's oh. like a ranking okay yeah who, who your favorite who you think is the best player you're ranking them in order so pretty much what i said no 
You did a mock draft. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Have I made a big board? No. I usually stay away from the big boards. I don't think I've ever actually done one where I just rank the guys. And the reason I stay away from the big boards is because it will probably take me I don't know. It would take me so long because I would keep shuffling the names. I would start off with one guy, number one. Then by the time I put my list, I'd talk myself out of it and have this player ranked higher. Why? Because it's more personal than like a mock draft? Well, a mock draft, I do my mock drafts based off of like the, the, the way the teams are. Sometimes I do it based off of who I think is the best fit for this particular team. And... You know, like, for example, with a mock draft, if a guy is a center and the team that is going number one already has a good center, they're probably not going to draft another center. So to me, a mock draft is a lot easier than a big board. But no, I haven't done a big board. You know, I may I may do one this year. And one of the reasons I would never do a big board this early is because it's still it's still August and I try to. I try to judge the players based off of what I've seen in college, not what they've done in high school. So if you would have, if I would have made a big board at this time last year, I probably would have had guys like B.J. Boston and Zaire Williams as top 10 picks. The year before, I would have had like Isaiah Stewart and Jaden McDaniels and R.J. Hampton as top 10 picks. They weren't top 10 picks. And um, a lot of it is because I, I judge guys based off of what I saw in college or even professional over what I see in high school, and I don't like, you know, making a, a big board of, of guys before they've played a game. But, I mean, I guess you can say it doesn't make sense because I still have certain guys that I think are going to be top five picks, even though they haven't played in college. So hopefully that answers your question. Okay, so no. You have not made one. No, but you I might have not. Make one. I might make one, but okay. I usually don't. Okay. This is so much easier than talking to myself i need to get you on the contract or something yeah you can get me here anytime you know okay next question this is more of a personal question for you Uh oh not related to any um draft or players how did you get started with nba draft junkies do you have any advice for a college student who wants to get into scouting so it's a two-part question all right, hopefully I can answer this without being too long-winded and take up a whole segment. I'm going to set my timer. <laughs> All right, how did I get started? So this was something that I always wanted to do. I mean, I remember, and I'm probably giving my age here, but I remember watching the Kenny Anderson draft. And Kenny Anderson was like my favorite player at the time. I know about Kenny Anderson. What you know about Kenny Anderson? He married Tammy Roman. Oh, Lord. <laughs> From basketball wives. That's how I know him. <laughs> okay, that was good. And that is correct. See? So I was a big Kenny Anderson fan because he's left-handed. I remember or remember when I was, I don't even know what grade I was in, but I remember watching his first game against Bobby Hurley with my dad on ESPN, like Big Monday. And Kenny was left-handed. I'm left-handed, and I just thought I was going to be the next Kenny Anderson. So I remember when he got drafted, I just fell in love with the draft. It was something that I always wanted to do. I was collecting basketball cards back then, and I felt like I knew all the guys in the draft because I used to eat, sleep, and breathe 
the NBA draft and uh, the magazine Street and Smith was out and my dad used to have that magazine. And actually Shay bought me some old Street and Smiths from like 88 or 87 for my birthday last year. Yeah. So I used to read those magazines in and out and I knew the guys. Like, I mean, I just knew the guys. So I always thought like, man, I, I want to be on ESPN or something as a draft analyst. And this was even before they really had like draft analysts. So, um, yeah, it was like a, a dream of mine. And then, you know, I graduated from college and just kind of got off track like a lot of people end up getting a job and working in the real world. And then I decided in 2016 that I was going to start an NBA draft channel. And then I ended up moving to Turkey. I was doing some video projects, working in Turkey, and I had plenty of time. And during that time, I decided to, like, work on the website. And everything you see on NBA Draft Junkies is all me from creating the videos to designing the website to the articles it is 100% me I'm like a one-man band so um, when I was in Turkey I had plenty of time to learn how to design a website I remember asking one of my college uh, roommates could he design a website for me because it's what he did for a living and he was like yeah I can do that and I said okay how much would it cost and he was like yeah it'd be about ten thousand dollars I said ten thousand but now it makes sense because every prospect needs a page. So if he were to design the site, then every time I needed to add a new page for somebody, I'd have to call him. And it's like ongoing. It's not one of those things where you make one site and then you update it once a year. It has to be if I'm going to keep doing prospects. So um, 2017 was the first draft that I did. I mean, if you go on my YouTube channel, you can see some of the videos I did. Um, and you can just see the growth. So... Um, that's how I got started. And then every year I've tried to get better and better with whether it's just graphics or just growing as a scout. So, um, yeah, that's how I got started. And, um, my first tournament was, I went to scout a under 18 tournament in Turkey in Samsung, Turkey. And that was the under 18. So I remember the first guys that I scouted were like Frank Lilikina, Sekou Dumbuya, Isaiah Hartenstein was in that tournament. And then from there, I just fell in love with like the whole international game and just trying to see how it projects. And as far as any advice I have for a college student, I say like just content. Like if you're applying for a job, if you want to work for an NBA team and submitting a resume, you're going to be one of thousands. But if you can create your own content, it's kind of like your own resume. So if you want to write scouting reports, Write scouting reports if you want to break down videos, do it. And don't get discouraged when, you know, you put out your YouTube video and it has 37 views or nobody was on your website. Just keep plugging away, keep plugging away. Don't get discouraged. Just keep going, keep going. And you're going to get better. Your first article, your first video isn't going to be good probably. So just keep on going and keep on going. And, and I think the new way to get noticed by NBA teams or scouts or agencies or whatever is just to have your own content out on the web. So that would be my advice. And I would say push through the discouragement because you may get discouraged. I think it's easy to say don't. But if you do, just keep going anyway and know that discouragement is part of the process. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, it's like when you start playing basketball, you didn't make your first shot. You just kept on shooting. So, all right, that question probably took up a whole segment. When we return, we will finish out some of the questions that I 
have been getting and I got a lot left. So I guess I'm going to try to try to get as answer as many as I can. But let's talk about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now literally impossible for your local chain or auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So it doesn't even really make sense to endure the pointless and intimidating questioning of what type of car model do you have? Is it the ESV or is it the EXT or whatever? So why not just save time and money and use rockauto.com? Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, and even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or even a car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business that is serving do-it-yourselfers, or it has been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could want or need for your car, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go to their easy to use websites today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and you can see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they would know that we sent you. rockauto.com has amazing selection, reliably low prices in all the parts your car will ever need and that is rockauto.com. All right, we're back. Last segment. Hopefully Shay has enjoyed this because I think I'm going to have her on more. We're going to ask the people what they think. No, we don't ask them. Okay. I make the choice (laughs) here. Okay. Are you ready for your next question? Yep. Okay. It's a long one. Okay. So I'm looking at YouTube videos of two prospects from mid-majors, Jordan Hall of St. Joseph, PA, and Kenneth Lofton Jr. of Louisiana Tech. And just by evaluation, they both possess very unique skill sets that pop is very transferable to the NBA. In your opinion, if you've had an opportunity to evaluate both, do you think they have what it takes to make that leap? That's a good question. Um, I would think of the two, I think Jordan Hall has a better chance of being an NBA prospect just because he's a a big guard, a big wing initiator. I've seen him listed anywhere from six seven to six nine. I know that he averaged like five assists a game this year, about five rebounds and he put his name in the draft and I, I the last I heard he was going back to St. Joe's. I know there was rumors about him transferring to Texas A and M. But I think he went back. As far as Lofton he is, I mean, if it was not for him, I don't think Team USA would have won the, the under-19s last month. He literally changed the game in the championship game. I mean, just his body type, we don't really see guys built like that in the NBA anymore. I mean, you know, maybe like Sean May back in the day. I don't even think Zach, I mean, maybe Zach was that heavy when when he first got to the league. And Lofton is a guy that kind of thrives on post touches, and teams aren't really giving guys post touches. So it just depends on if he can expand his game and become like a a pick-and-pop guy. And, I mean, I think people are going to question if he can defend in space just because, again, you don't really see his body type. But as far as, like, Jordan Hall, you're starting to see more guys like him. I look at Delano Banton, who I was very high on, who I actually made a prediction 
on Twitter saying if he goes to the Raptors, I think they're going to be able to develop him into a star. And one of the times I was right, he ended up getting drafted by the Raptors, and he had a really good summer league. Maybe I'm a little biased because I'm from Nebraska, and he played for Nebraska. But those are my thoughts on those two guys. But I, I do think that that uh, Hall would have the better uh, would be the better NBA prospect of the two. Okay, moving on. Who is your favorite under the radar prospect? Ooh, I like these questions. Uh, I do too. It changes. You know, I've been watching a lot of film lately. I've been trying to watch five prospects a day, and it, it can change from day to day. As of right now, I have two. So I had a feeling you were going to give two. I have two. Uh, one is a guy that I actually just posted a couple of clips on. Well, it's today, Sunday, but by the time this airs, it'll be Monday. It is Hugo Besson from France. He is so under the radar. He, I'm biased a little bit because I like guys with like, I like irrational confidence guys. I like guys with a little style and flavor to their game. And he has it. He is a bucket. He's a big time scorer. He actually led second division France in scoring. And uh, he put his name in the draft, but I, I read that he had an ankle injury, so he didn't get a chance to like work out for teams. But he's fun. He's creative. To, he, he's creative with the ball. He, I mean, he's a scorer, and he has that confidence that you like out of scores. He can create his own shot. He's good off the dribble. He can shoot the ball. He can play. I think both guard spots has a little flash in his game as a passer. So I really like him a lot. I think that. He'll be someone that will we'll see his name a lot in the 2022 draft. Um, he's actually going to play in New Zealand with Usman Dang. They're two French guys that are going to play in New Zealand together. So I'm curious to see how that works out. And uh, I have a video on him that, that I just released this weekend. So if you want to – no, I'm sorry. I have a video that I did on Dang that I released this weekend. I have one on Besson coming up. I've already put the clips together. I'm just working on the voiceover. So you'll see that coming up this week. And then another guy that I like, uh, and I talked about him in my last podcast. I want to say his name is pronounced Jan Vide or Jan of a day. He had an incredible summer, averaged over 27 a game at the U16s for Slovenia. And he is a carbon copy of Luka Doncic and Goran Dragic. He's like, he literally like, studied their both of their games and combined them and kind of created his own style out of it very aggressive score I mean he puts his head down he's physical and the only reason why he averaged 27 a game is because he had a game where I think he only had like four points gets to the free throw line a lot had a game where he had 22 free throw attempts so I plan on doing a video on him pretty soon he's still years away from the NBA draft because he's only 16 but those are my two favorite under the radar prospects right now also, a guy that I just mentioned in the last question, Jordan Hall, I like him a lot too. So I'll be doing a video on him later on this season. Okay. Thank you for answering all of these questions. I wish we had time for more. Maybe if you had me back, then I can help you out. I'll think about it. Okay. I mean, I'm leaning towards, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for, for tuning in. This is Raphael Barlow with NBA Draft Junkies with my co-host today. It is Shay, my fiance. Shay. Thank you for having me. But before we leave, 
You get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, this is Raphael with Shay, and we are out.